Are you ready? Yo. It's time, time to separate the men from the boys. boys. And get down to the business of sport right here on the world famous Ginger's Perspective. Hello and welcome to Football 2 Plus 3. Can you believe it? Just two games remain in the Premier League season. One point separates the top two clubs and it's the Champions City who are top of the table from Liverpool by 29.51 millimetres or something like that after that Sergio Aguero goal at Turf Moor ensured that City are back on top. But before we even get into that, let's just take a moment and appreciate... It's the game of thrones. It's the game of the title. Who will be number one on the 12th of May, Mo? It's been an, it's such an incredible season this season. Every every week, uh, you know, the lead, the, the table top, uh, the top of the table team changes. We still don't even know who's going to win the league, who's going to get the Champions League. I just wish every season is like this. I mean, can you believe that if, Liverpool were to win their last two games, they'd finish on 97 points and they might not even win the title. That's just incredible. It's, a, it's amazing that both teams are over 90 points. I mean, it just shows how good, how quality these two sides have been throughout the season. I mean, uh, just a stat for you, I mean, to get um, things in perspective. In the nine days, this quote, uh, this tweet from Simon Stone in nine days, Spurs, Chelsea, Arsenal and Manchester United have dropped a total of 27 points. Man City and Liverpool have dropped 33 between them all season. It just shows they've been consistent, they've been the teams in form and deservedly top of the Premier League. Yeah, but if you, I've noticed that Man City have started to sort of taper off a bit. They're grinding out results if you exclude the, the Manchester derby. You know, the other games they've had to really battle to, to get the points, whereas Liverpool have been a bit more free-flowing. I mean, they amid what Huddersfield 5-0, and it, it, it's, it's, it looks like it's taking its toll on, on Man City. I, I do believe they will probably wrap it up, um, but, you know, you, you, you're just waiting for one of them to slip up, and neither of them are. I think City have been unlucky with injuries. Kevin De Bruyne being out is a massive one for them. Whereas Liverpool have been a lot more stable. You know, their their big three up top haven't uh, had major injuries. Um, you know, or, or or haven't been out for very long, if you know what I mean. So I think City are are relying on the depth of their squad, and also they've been competing for four trophies. You know, all season long. So. It does take its toll, but nonetheless, it's been in a remarkable season. Two games left, and I think this weekend, if you think about it, Monday, City play Leicester. You've got Liverpool away to Newcastle on Saturday evening. Uh, should Liverpool... Of the former managers, which one are going to ruin uh, a team's title challenge? It's crazy, yeah. Brendan Rodgers, uh, of course, Leicester City boss, and Rafael Benitez... Newcastle United boss, uh, he's said that he's not going to make it easy for Liverpool. And I think, to be honest, I think, you know, Leicester going to the Etihad, um, what are Leicester playing for this season? I suppose they're trying to get top seven, right? Something like that. But against yeah, City at the, at, yeah, at, against City at the Etihad, not going to be easy. And the same with Liverpool going to Newcastle. I think Liverpool probably have the easier game of the two. But 
You never know. I mean, you never know. Newcastle haven't played bad football. Newcastle are, Newcastle are sort of safe, um, you know, so they're not really, uh, I don't think they'll put maximum effort into it. Uh, Leicester City, they seem to be rejuvenated now with Brendan Rodgers. Jamie Vardy is getting goals. I mean, he's, he's in the top five uh, in the goal scoring charts. He's just too shy of, of Mo Salah and Sadio Mane. So he could be looking to, to, to finish with a golden boot. Yeah, anything can happen. I love it. Anything can happen. And and wouldn't it be great if we go into the, the, the sort of, you know, if, imagine you go into the final weekend and Liverpool have drawn with Newcastle and for some reason Leicester have upset City at the Etihad. It's level on points and it goes into the final game. Then it's all about goal difference, isn't it? Yeah, it will come down to goal difference. City are, are just edging it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They've, they've four more goals. Uh, I, I wish it would come down to that, where they both make mistakes over the next weekend and then last game of the season. But can you handle Liverpool winning the title? Can you handle that? Absolutely. Have you asked yourself this question? I've, I've, I've pondered it many times, and I don't think I could deal with, you know, for the next 10 years, hearing about how they won the league title. Uh, are, we, are we constantly reminded about the miracle of Istanbul when they won the Champions League? So can you imagine how unbearable that lot is going to become? I'm just wondering because it sounds like it's City, it's Manchester United, like literally United meaning City and United. Yeah, I think Manchester, I think everybody, it's not just us, it's Arsenal supporters that I've spoken to, Chelsea supporters, you know, even the odd Spurs supporter doesn't want them to win. Not, not that they really have a, a voice in the matter. But, you know, Liverpool... Their last fix is Wolves. And, you know, Wolves are playing some great football. It's so entertaining. And they might want to just, just give it to Liverpool. don't know. You know, Wolves sort of uh, attacking side. They throw caution to the wind currently, wind currently sitting in seventh spot. You know, maybe they've got European ambitions too. So, you know, three points clear of Leicester at the moment. Uh, two games to go. Yeah, anything can really happen. But let's turn our attention to your club, Mo, Manchester United. There's got to be... I maintain that the players are a rotten bunch and that no matter what Solskjaer tries, no matter what Mourinho tried, no matter what um, Moyes tried, there were just players... There was a rot. And that need to be a clear-up, including your goalkeeper, who clearly is either on the beach already or has uh, bought himself an apartment in Madrid? You know, I agree with you to an extent. I don't think um, uh, the managers are the problem. Uh, I think certain players need to be moved on from the club. They, they're not really up to the standard. David De Gea, it's, it's, I don't think he, he's a bad goalkeeper. He's, he's been fantastic for the club. He's just going through a rough patch. And I don't think that dropping him or getting rid of him is the answer. It could also be that his head is turned, he wants a better contract, but I mean, if you want a better contract, you play better, you don't play worse. But why would he make 13 mistakes in the in the last, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's the same amount of mistakes he's made in 123 games? Look, he's only human. He's going to make, you know, he's going to go through a difficult patch. It's the same like when he just came to the Premier League. He was battling a bit. He sort of overcame that, and I'm sure if, if the club and the players stick by him, I think that he'd come good. But also on that, I mean, if he feels that you know he's, he's no longer motivated to be at the club, they should just sell him. Then I mean, there's other goalkeepers in the world that could do a better job. 
But you know, an interesting article I read from from uh, a guy called uh, Jordan Clark or something like that, and he, he lays the blame uh, that United are, the situation they're in is actually down to the Glazers, and that you know they've put it, appointed Ed Woodward as a chief executive, but he doesn't have any footballing knowledge. You know, they sort of waiting out to, to appoint a, a director of football. There's all types of talk, but nothing is happening. And I, I agree to that, that, you know, the guy running the club is not a football brain. He's made big name signings that don't fit in with the club. If you look at all the guys that they bought, you know, the Di Marias, the Falcaos, the Sanchez, they just haven't been the players that fit into the culture of the club. Do you think they've been almost um, stop gaps? Like they've been on the market, so let's let's push City or let's push whoever's challenging for it just to get our hands on that play and see what happens. No, I think it was more a point of signing players to show that you was you still have the spending power. It's not, uh, you know, it, they weren't players that were needed. You know, they signed guys that they didn't need to buy just to show that we we, we Man United we can buy the top players still, even if we're not competitive on the field or we, we you know we're down in sixth place. Or whatever it is, um, I'd actually be glad if they don't get Champions League. I mean, it it would be a harsh reality for a lot of supporters that the, the team isn't good enough. Yeah, well, and looks like by the looks of things, no one wants Champions League football the way Spurs are playing. They've lost what six and ten. You know, Chelsea. I don't know what's going on with Surrey. The players just don't look like Arsenal. It's been to become a shambles. But just to wrap up the De Gea thing, I, I still think he's a world class keeper. I've no doubt. As a shot st- shot stopper, he's one of the best in the world. He's probably going through a dip of form. He's probably had his head turned a little bit, and he's probably feeling the pressure because the defense is woeful. And you know, he's the last line of defense. He's supposed to be protected. So there's obviously a lot going on there. Did it ever cross your mind not to play David De Gea in this game? And obviously, he's made another error today. No, he didn't. Uh, David's been uh, a fantastic uh, keeper at this club, and uh, he's he's done well. His reaction after the uh, after the City game was good, and uh, I was very confident in him. And of course, he uh, he knows he could could have done better with a uh, with their goal, but that's um, that's just one of those things again. I think Manchester United will have to go in all out this summer buy some quality and, and maybe buy him some competition. You know, maybe that Oblak from Atletico, they're talking about he's got a buyout clause. They, they're linked with all sorts of things. And, you know, maybe getting a director of football, I mean, who do you get? I mean, who's out there that, that could, do you go for the old Manchester United legends? I mean, what, what, do, you t- what do you think? Apparently, reporters are surfacing that they, they're considering Rio Ferdinand. And that just boggles my mind. I mean, it's not like he has any experience in that field. Look, maybe they're trying to apply the IX Bayern Munich type of thing where they bring in club legends and stuff like that. That would make sense, but it has to have sort of the feel for it. Yeah. So many other legends they could get, the Brian Robsons, the Steve Bruce, even maybe Roy Keane. I mean, maybe that's what they need, somebody with fire in his belly. Rio Ferdinand, maybe it's just, you know, his commercial savvy that's attracting the likes of Ed Woodward because that's what he seems to be drawn towards. Um, I just don't get the Rio Ferdinand. It just boggles my mind. Yeah, apparently they've uh, seen a report in the mail today. Um, Ferdinand has met with um, Ed Woodward to um, talk about the sporting director position. So let's wait and see what happens there. But look, look, Rio doesn't seem like a plonker. 
if you know what I mean. Like when when he when he when he speaks, uh, does match analysis. We don't really get to see a lot of the BBC stuff, but you know he he sounds like he's got a good head on his shoulders. And from what the the books I've read and the people that have dealt with Rio, they all think that he's a decent chap. So look at this stage, anything happens in football. He could be the answer. Could be. I just feel that why not get. If you Manchester United, get somebody who's an expert in the field. There's so many clubs that have got good director of football. That I'm sure they'd love to work with Man United. Yeah, I mean, I think the the opportunity is there because United are in a, at, a, at a low now. There's no doubt they're they're feeling the pressure. They're they're struggling for form, confidence, and they need a serious lift. This is depressing me now. Let's move. Virgil Van Dijk, the the players' player of the year, well deserved. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's been massive for Liverpool. Uh, he's a quality defender. He's just, you know, he's kept them towards. Toward, everybody says, yeah, the goals from Salah, and Firmino, and Mane. But if you have a rock solid defender like him, you, you you're moving forward, and I think he deserved to win that, that accolade for the season. Seventy-five million pounds is probably the best money Liverpool have spent, to be honest. Apart from you know Sane and and uh, Mo Salah cost, but if you think about it, like. He's helped them keep 20 clean sheets. It's the most in the league this season and the most duels in the league, winning 77% of them. Um, he's never been driveled past. Um, well, he's coming up against uh, Lionel Messi tomorrow, so let's see how good <laughs> Yeah, look, I mean, that's another story altogether. Um, of course, also Tottenham playing uh, Ajax tonight. Uh, that should be very interesting. Champions League will be interesting. And, and how much that takes out of Liverpool? You know, where's their priority? Because... I mean, they'd love to say yes, we'd love to win both, but maybe they're going, well, let's see how Barcelona goes. Or I, I don't know. It could be very interesting to see. I think they won, they won the Premier League more. But, the, you know, if Barcelona hammer them tomorrow, it would probably be a psychological thing that could impact on the players. Yeah, you exactly. Beaten 5-0 or something like that. It, 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 it takes its toll on you. Well, Liverpool have been impressive this season, so uh, let's wait and see what happens. Let's shift our attention now to... Um, we see uh, Norwich and Sheffield United uh, are promoted. That's right. I mean, what... what? I didn't... I know that Norwich have played some good football, but Sheffield United, I didn't know that they were even close to being promoted. And, and they kind of got promoted in a kind of bizarre fashion. Yeah, it was a, a strange one in that the Leeds were playing Aston Villa. And um, I believe... Um, one of the Villa players got injured or, and they wanted the Leeds guys to kick the ball out and the Leeds guys went on to score. And then there's this mass brawl, the guy got sent off. And then Leeds manager Marcelo Bielsa said, well, let, give Aston Villa the, the ball, let him score. And it was a free goal. It's never happened. I mean, it's insane. Wow. The, the game ended in a draw, which meant Sheffield United got promoted. And the, the, the crazy thing that these two are probably Leeds and and uh, Villa are probably going to end up in the, uh, the playoff final to get the third spot. I must say, I love that sort of thing. I love watching those games because they are absolutely hammer and tongs going for it. You know, these guys are on their last legs for the season. It's just so much emotion. It's it's great to watch that playoff final. Not and nice to be there. Is the, the, a proper league. Oh, it's brutal. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Thanks very much. And, and mind you, there's still a couple of th- teams who could actually get into those uh, playoff uh, spots. If you look at the table, I mean, the likes of Middlesbrough might could possibly get in. Um, you know, Derby County also not yet out. West Bromwich are in there. Mm, Bristol City maybe, but I, I like to. I prefer to see 
it's a tough one. Maybe maybe Aston Villa. I don't like Leeds, so. Uh. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who goes up. I mean, West Brom can stay down because we've got Rondon and we want to keep Rondon. And uh, you know, Rafa did a deal with them, and uh, now Rondon's got goals for us. So let's just hope Rafa stays because both of them might not be at Newcastle at the end of the season. Possibly, they, you know, I, I don't know if you saw the tweet I put out that uh, Gattuso is interested if Rafa moves on. Now, I wonder if Rafa would stay because, you know, does he really want to be at a club that every season is fighting for survival? I mean, that, at some point it, it must break him that I can't do this. I'm, I'm a better manager. I can't deal with this. I don't know. What do you think from Newcastle? Well, well, he's made it clear that his ambitions are to take Newcastle uh, further up the table and compete for European football at some stage. He he says he can't be satisfied with competing for 15th spot every season. And he said some managers might be happy and, you know, they'll fit the budget. But he said to um, the press this week that he's open to a meeting with Mike Ashley. He was on the flight with Lee Charnley um, back from Brighton. So I think Rafa wants to stay. I think deep down he wants to stay. But he's made it very clear that he feels that the club's training ground needs needs an upgrade and um, he needs to know how much he's got to spend and I think if he knows you know what he's got realistically if it's 25 or it's a hundred million pounds to spend in the summer at least he can plan right now he doesn't have a clue each time they go into the transfer window like they don't know what money is available who which players they're looking at so I think he's settled the fact that his family lives in Liverpool and that um, he's happy to to do the commute in England I don't think he wants to move anywhere else. Gattuso, no thanks. You can keep him. I loved him as a player. I thought he was absolutely fantastic to watch. But as a manager, uh, despite what he's done, toxic. I don't. Uh, I don't think it would be a good fit. Imagine him and John Joe Shelby. Well, uh, Shelby might be going too. I mean, uh, Raf. They're suggesting that Rafa played him this weekend to put him in the shop window. So we'll see what happens. But Newcastle's an interesting place, and I think. In the, for the best interest of the club, Rafa needs to stay. Rondon needs to st stay despite being 30 already and Ashley wanting this ridiculous transfer policy of buying players under 26. And um, I think there's good work that's been done and it would be very sad should Rafa leave because that would all come undone, I think. So, yeah. The one thing I, I wouldn't want Newcastle though to do is go and sign players from the, the clubs that have been relegated, you know, the Huddersfields or Fulhams. That's just bad luck. Yeah, look, I think maybe, yeah, I think Fulham maybe one or two players that, that will be in the shop window. Then I think that Sassanian is a quality player. Um, and I think I think he's just been unlucky because he's been playing in a in a Fulham team that have been nowhere near where they should be. And I think, um, you know, maybe even Schürrle. I don't think that Andre Schürrle is too, too bad. I think he could be good value um, if he has a good manager. The rest were crap. But the rest are rubbish. The rest are rubbish. They can keep Mitrovic. It's interesting that they're on a three-match winning run. I mean, where was this Fulham before? I mean, it just shows that, you know, sometimes you, you make the bad, uh, the wrong decision. They signed a lot of unnecessary players, um, appointed the wrong guy uh, in, in Claudio Ranieri. They should have given Scott Parker the job in, from the uh, time they sacked their manager. Yeah, I think they had ambitions of uh, charging up the table a bit like Wolves, but... Instead of investing in some solid defense, uh, which horribly against them, you can but see that's on, important to have defense. On the, on the topic of the relegation, we still don't know who's the last team to go down, though. Will it be Brighton? Will it be Cardiff? Well, I, I, I still think Brighton 
have a terrible they have a terrible run in, but I still think they might be able to pull it off. Um, if I think about it now, Cardiff have uh, I think they've got Manchester United on the final day of the season, final, right? They've got Crystal Palace before that. So four points separate these two teams. The goal difference is in Brighton's favour. I think it's a 14-goal swing. Mm-hmm. But um, but they've got to play Arsenal away next. Yeah, Brighton uh, Brighton have a terrible... They've got City, don't they, also on the final day? Yeah, they face a very uneasy uh, next couple of weeks. I just think Cardiff have been more up for it. I think uh, Brighton, that first half against Newcastle, was shocking and probably should have been 3-0 down at the break. But I just feel like Cardiff probably lack the quality of Brighton, though, but they have more fire. And if they can get past Palace, because I think Palace are on the beach. I really think Palace are on the, on the, on the yeah, beach. Safe. They can get past them. I think Brighton, oh, an Arsenal team still fighting for top four, potentially. I, I, I mean, I could probably see Cardiff winning this weekend and going to 34 points. Brighton losing and staying on 35, meaning it's a one-point difference going to the final game where you could have City chasing for the title and United, well, not really anywhere, if you know what I mean. So it could well fit into Cardiff's... But Cardiff only have themselves to blame. They should have put Fulham away. Um, and that would have made life a lot easier. It would have, I mean, but they were unlucky. I mean, really, they, they played... They, they played their hearts out, but you know they're, they're not a team of of goals, and and so it was always going to be a, a battle for them. But uh, you know, I wish it comes down to the last game of the season. That's that's the best uh, feeling. Well, you don't want to miss this weekend. All right, let's um, get to fantasy football, Mo. Um, you know, looking at the goals, Aguero twenty, Salah t- uh, twenty one, Mane twenty. Uh, those are your guys that you need to stuck with throughout the season. But this could be interesting. The final two games, especially if you're fighting for your Premier Fantasy League manager title, um, you've got to be clever because two games left. Play your wild card if you haven't. Um, don't be scared to go with the, the bench boosts, um, the free hit. Play them now because two games left and then the season's done. Yeah, now's the time to play. Um, I see a lot of people have uh, brought in Jota from Wolves. Um, this is smart. A lot of people have gone with Callum Wilson from Bournemouth. Uh, surprisingly, people are dumping Pogba, Rashford, Son, Aubameyang, Firmino. So, I would suggest looking at the fixtures and seeing who you got. Who, you know, look for the easier games. I wouldn't. The pressure games, the Man, the Man City games, I'd stay away from those type of uh, matches. Um, maybe look at Man United. They got Huddersfield, nothing to play for. Chelsea, Watford, tricky one. I mean, Eden Hazard blanked this past week. Um, maybe Wolves, full of that. That might be uh, some decent players to, to pick up from there. I have to agree with you. I have to agree with you. All right, let's wrap it up there. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting weekend, a make or break weekend, but. You're spot on, Mo. I think the match between Barcelona and Liverpool uh, on Wednesday could go a long way to having an, a say on the, in this Premier League title race. And City crashing out of the Champions League might be a blessing in disguise uh, for the citizens. We'll have to wait and see. Your parting words? As always, be champions. Well, there you have it. Remember to catch us on iTunes under the Ginger's Perspective Facebook under the Ginger's Perspective, my page on Facebook. We're on Twitter, at Football2 Plus 3, at Creepy Crawly, that's with a K, uh, for all the Game of Thrones updates and theories. 
as well as the, the odd football tweets. Thanks very much for listening. Enjoy the football, and we'll catch you again next time. A young lad was born, and now he's back in the Premier League. Newcastle fans are all intrigued. Illy still used to it. We've had no cash, and we're barely surprised. Not the first time that Mike Ashley's lied. So he searched and he searched for a deal that would work and improve our Newcastle side. So Rafa brought in Rondon, did a deal with West Brom, get yourself a goal, son. Rafa's brought in Rondon, done a deal with West Brom, get yourself a goal, son.